afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the C Report from Q&A Holes Podcast. I am your host, Mr. C, and I'm glad to have you along with me today on today's uh, broadcast. Um, we have really just one topic to cover today, guys, because it's finally here. We made it. Who would have thought that we would see an illegitimate president passing illegitimate executive orders on gun control. Now, of course, for those of us in the know and those of us keeping up with this riffraff in Washington and everything that they're doing, well, we know for a fact uh, <laughs> that this was going to come under Democrat rule. We didn't know how long it would last or what the uh, factors would be like, but we knew this was coming, and that's for sure. So we're definitely going to go into some of these gun controls with this new illegitimate executive order that this illegitimate president named President-Select Joe Biden. Illegitimate Joe, hashtag it, guys. You guys know this guy's going to try and do it. Now, personally, my thoughts on it were um, he's going to be out of office a whole lot sooner than we thought. But you might be interested to see uh, what he was attempting to do what his rhetoric, which ended up being just a whole bunch of lies. I'm sure you guys saw the press conference. We're going to review it here in a moment that I wouldn't normally do on the C-Report. I'm going to give illegitimate Joe some airtime. But hey, it's not without some gaffes. You know, after all, the AFT is one of the most prominent, uh, you know, uh, agencies for firearms and tobacco ATF. Gah, he got that one wrong, too. You know what? I can sympathize with the man. I called mRNA vaccines RMNA vaccines yesterday night. So, hey, we make mistakes, but this guy, I don't know. He probably doesn't have the excuses I got. All right. So before we get underway, let me just make sure that we are running live across the board um, and some of our other areas here. Now, we should be broadcasting live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. So I'm hoping that is the case at least. And uh, we'll have some of our peeps trickling in here any minute, I'm sure, uh, just so we can get underway. Now, we've had a pretty hearty discussion about gun control uh, the last couple of uh, days, especially since there was this announcement that uh, illegitimate Joe was going to be passing, uh, exec by executive order nonetheless, some gun laws and gun restrictions, right? But um, the funny thing about it is, you know... He, he's going to do it by executive order, but you've seen the clip. I've seen the clip. We've seen the clip together, guys. Illegitimate Joe is the same man who said that only dictators control by executive order. He's going to do it by executive order, but pardon you've me, seen... Uh, only, yes, we are live on YouTube. I just <laughs> That's what that was, guys. But um, we, uh, we've seen that uh, he said only dictators rule by or or... Uh, governed by, I guess dictators don't govern, they rule, right? Uh, by executive order. So that was an interesting thing to see, especially since uh, his time in office, even if it is optically speaking, because after all, we know that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. That, uh, that, um, yeah, this was going to come and, and he's going to, he, he's done what about 70 plus executive orders. Uh, he's just been ramrodding everything through as quick as he can, uh, trying to get all of that done. But as we see, he's finally gotten to the issue of the guns. Interestingly enough, 
Um, the left doesn't think that's, uh, that's enough. Actually, that's not interesting. That's actually rather expected. Uh, even the Democrats uh, and people from CNN are saying it's not enough. But, I mean, what is enough for these people? Perhaps once we've uh, imploded under our own socialist communist uh, reforms that the, the Democrat left and the progressives have brought to us, well, maybe that will be enough. But who knows? Maybe not even then. All right, guys, so let's just take a look at this. So basically today we'll be talking about Biden's executive order and gun grabs. We'll kind of be going through it. Now, we had an article from Town Hall um, that was released um, uh, about a day before this was uh, to, before he did his grand speech in the Rose Garden. I don't even think it's the real Rose Garden, guys. I don't know. Does the Castle Rock White House have a Rose Garden? I'm pretty sure it does. And, and if, you, if you look at it, it's like... Um, they 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 had done a an, uh, they had aired a broadcast from the front of the White House before. Do you guys remember that one where Joe Biden comes and he walks a long path down the sidewalk, and then there's a couple of hobos in the background, kind of walking around, and then he walks all the way up to uh, the press group so he can do like uh, a press meet, uh, a la President Trump. President Trump had some pretty cool and pretty. Um, I would say uh, uh, iconic moments um, doing those pressers and press releases right in front of, of um, Marine One or right off the White House lawn and then getting onto the helicopter. Well, Joe Biden tried to do the same thing, or I should say his staff and, and his, uh, his team of hairdressers and, and uh, boom mics and, and cameramen, and they, they tried to make it look like he was just like President Trump. And then they, they messed up and uh, he actually walked through the microphone <laughs> because it was what? A green screen? And, and um, if I recall correctly, uh, the shrubs at Castle Rock White House are not quite as big as they are at the actual White House. If you ever go back and look at footage of like, say, do you remember that time that President Obama was going to do a presser and, you know, a little rat ran across and then, then, then Obama appeared and people were like, oh, that was probably Obama because he was running late from his pizza party. But uh, yeah, the shrubs, unless they really cut them down at uh, the White House, uh, I'd say Castle Rock White House has a uh, a few more years to catch up on the greenage and the shrubbery over at the real White House. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's take a look at what Town Hall had to say about the White House. Uh, the White House had released, uh, a, I guess they did a press release, kind of a preview of what we can expect from these new uh, gun laws, gun regulations, gun recommendations. Because I even heard that... Um, it was basically going to boil down to recommendations for the state to follow by executive order, which makes no sense. I mean, uh, we can ignore the executive orders, I'm sure, but recommendations from an executive order to follow? I mean, are they supposed to follow them? Are they supposed to just see them as regulations or, or recommendations? I think the state's We'll kind of scratch their head on that, but it's okay because a lot of states are already going to be firing back. Now, in town hall, um, they had said these were the six main issues that Joe Biden, illegitimate Joe's um, uh, new executive order on gun control uh, would deal with. Number one being the Justice Department within 30 days would issue a proposed rule to help stop the proliferation of ghost guns. Now, I you know, 
had no idea what a ghost gun was. Um, I I do believe in nonviolence, but I also strongly believe in self-defense. But uh, what the hell's a ghost gun, you know? So for those of you who are not aware of what a ghost gun is, basically these are um, metal pieces, uh, kits, I guess you could say, that you can buy. Uh, they have the top part of the gun, the bottom part of the gun, other pieces, and then you assemble it together. Now, the, the thing about it here is that ghost guns don't have serial numbers, hence the term ghost guns. So the Biden administration is going to try and crack down on ghost guns in spite of the fact that ghost guns really don't have any bearing on current gun violence in the United States of America. So that's also something that's a little interesting to think about. Uh, uh, let's see here also what we have. Now, I do want to apologize outright because I am appearing to have some throttle on my internet. Yeah, I'm totally frozen. Okay. Um, all right. If I, if I uh, chop up a little bit, that's all. That's the reason why. I don't know why today my internet is not working. I have an LAN plugged in. I have everything running just the way I have been doing it for the last few days and more so. And I don't know what's going on. Like, it looks like my free... If you are... If there's any people out there on YouTube or Twitch, Joe, if you're there, uh, please let me know what this is looking like because I can't switch screens and my screen is currently frozen. Yeah, it's, it's saying I'm having trouble connecting. God, they must not want me to talk about guns today and this new uh, executive order that illegitimate Joe is putting out. But no, I'm, I'm having some serious... Some serious... Uh, I'm having some serious uh, stop right now. So if you guys can give me a word on that, please let me know. Otherwise, I'm flying blind and wasting my time. But we'll be on the podcast side. So uh, if you missed this report, tune in on the podcast side and you'll definitely get to see what we're talking about. I just, this is beyond me. It's like, this is, this is really bad. I haven't, I just got all of this stuff set up. I don't know what the hell's going on. All right. So, okay, let me see if I can't get myself situated again. Um, all right. So getting back to uh, the town hall presser release uh, in regards to what Joe was going to put in his uh, gun grab or, you know, gun reform or just, you know, uh, anti Second Amendment bill. Uh, the second issue he had here was the Justice Department within 60 days will issue a proposed rule to make clear when a device marketed as a stabilizing brace effectively turns a pistol into a short barreled rifle subject to the requirements of the National Firearm Act. Now, that one I found interesting. Like I said, I don't know much about weapons, but uh, Mr. W over on the Q&A whole side had mentioned that regardless of what people say about that second rule in particular, pistols are registered as pistols or handguns and rifles are registered as rifles or what have you. So that kind of is a moot point and maybe uh, they're just trying to overreach to include something that they don't want to affect it. But essentially that is like a non-issue just based on the wording and the actual technicalities of what these weapons are. Okay, so we're already debunking this on there, but I mean, it's okay. We got some more juice for you guys. Now, the third issue that the Biden administration and all the progressives and Democrats and liberals have is the Justice Department within 60 days will publish model red flag legislations for each state. Now, this is the one that I'm talking about that's crazy. Also, now we know that people have uh, people in legislation, uh, the anti-gun lobby, the uh, the gun law reformation lobby, all of those guys, they've definitely been pushing red flags because they need to inch their way in 
as much as they can just to get their point across. And that's exactly what it is. Now, red flag laws, they don't sound bad. Red flag laws don't sound bad, but they most definitely do begin to see impositions on our Second Amendment right, on our right to bear arms. When you're talking about your neighbor, your family member, your boss can call the FBI, local authorities, and they could say something like, oh, you know, so-and-so is having a bad day, and or so-and-so, uh, he has a bad temper, or so-and-so's whatever. Based on this uh, this uh, cop-calling, tattletelling, uh, it could just be an enemy, for all you know, that doesn't like you. They could uh, take away your guns based on, like, what, mental conditions and stuff like that. That's just one of an example of what you see inside of red flag laws. I know that uh, that... Uh, Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw, uh, I don't care if he jumped out of airplanes, I don't care if he jumped out of helicopters, I don't care if he's an eyeless marine. This man supports red flag laws, and yet he claims to be a Republican standing for the people. Okay, Dan Crenshaw, in Texas, I'm calling you out, boy. If you really believe in uh, the Second Amendment, the rights of the people to defend themselves sovereignly, you need to get yourself off of that and get out of your little gerrymandered district over there in Houston. Or are you going to go pal around with your, your friend over there, uh, Pedo Jackson Lee? Because uh, after all, you guys share the same city. I'm sure you and Pedo Jackson Lee will have a good time trying to take our guns, but don't you try and fake us out for who you are. We see you, Dan Crenshaw, and I do not favor you. All right, number four we have up here. The administration is investing in evidence-based community violence interventions. What the hell does that mean? Uh, I mean, I know that uh, the Biden administration will be investing in me. Uh, so that I, as a Mexican, can learn how to run a computer and figure out where the DMV is. I mean, thanks, Joe Biden, uh, for putting my tax money uh, to good use. But what does that mean? Investing in evidence-based community violence interventions? Uh, are we going to have, um, I don't know, the whole neighborhood coming to uh, make sure that you don't shoot something up? I don't know. It sounds like they need this more for heroin addicts and methamphetamine addicts than they would for people who have guns. The Justice Department will issue an annual report on firearms trafficking. Okay, I mean, we already have report. Oh, no, no. Well, the firearms trafficking. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Could we talk? Could we possibly be talking about Fast and Furious when we're talking about firearms trafficking? Um, not to steal the words of President Trump, but that would have been more effective back in Obama's day when he was running guns south through the border of Mexico to get into Syria, to get into the Middle East, to get into Iran and Iraq. That's when this uh, uh, annual report on firearms tracking would have been useful. Maybe they would have found out that uh, Obama's administration was running guns through the southern border of Mexico to get into the hands of terrorists. Wow. People just don't seem to remember. And finally, the president will nominate David Chipman to serve as director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearms, and Tobacco. Now, I said alcohol, firearms, and tobacco just to give, you know, Ill illegitimate Joe a little reprieve. After all, it it's perfectly normal for someone with a failing brain to, you know get a little dyslexic every now and then. Anyways, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. David Chipman now, there's a guy that you want to look out for because this guy has been pro-gun control his entire career. 
with the ATF, and that spans a time of 25 years, and now he is the director, or at least he's being nominated for that position, um, of uh, the ATF, which has sat without a director for about 15 years, if you guys can believe it. So that's pretty interesting. So that's what we had a report on uh, the things that uh, Biden was going to include in this um, executive action on guns. Um, but let's go ahead and hear it from the whore's mouth himself. Now, I wouldn't normally play a Joe Biden clip on my show, but we'll do it today because, you know, I'll give him a little FaceTime before he gets sat down. All right, guys, let's see what we got here. We're joined today by the Attorney General, Eric Garland, who I've asked to uh, prioritize gun violence. It's also good to see the second gentleman who is here, and uh, it's good to see the first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, who cares deeply about this issue as well. And I look out there and I see so many members of Congress who've led in this fight, so many of you who've never given up. So many of you are in, can absolutely determined, as Murphy and others are, to get this done. We've got a long way to go. It seems like we always have a long way to go. But also, uh, today we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. Well, I'd be more afraid of it infringing on the Second Amendment, but Joe Biden, you lie, sir. You lie through your teeth. I mean, your dentures. Phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake for what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. See, now this is just another farce. This is just another moment where some type of progressive, fake, sold-out whore, because that's what he is. I mean, whores make the money, right? Um, he basically is just lying straight up to the American people. I mean, obviously, you can't yell fire in a theater you can't yell bomb on the plane that's obvious you know but that doesn't have anything to do with our right to defend ourselves our right to bear arms i mean it's just it's just that is a sham excuse for an example of amendments not being absolute and then what does he say uh we all know that you couldn't own any type of fire. What did they have back in 1776? Musket guns and you know musket pistols? I don't know. I'm not an expert, guys, on guns. But uh, cannons? So did they did they restrict people the right to, 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 to use cannons? Because if I recall correctly, there's no such language in the Second Amendment that says man cannot have cannons. Uh, I would consider cannons to be arms to bear, wouldn't you? Anyways, let's get back to this full... So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. And it's an international embarrassment. You know, we saw it again last night as I was 
come into the Oval Office, I got the word. Do y'all realize that was canned applause? That uh, in South Carolina. Oh, and by the way, his tie is more crooked than mine. China, a, uh, a physician uh, with his wife, two grandchildren, and a person working at his house was gunned down, all five. So many people, so many of the people sitting here today know that well, unfortunately. You know, uh, they know what it's like when the seconds change your life forever. I've had the pleasure of getting to meet in awful circumstances. Many of you, many of you who've lost your children, your husbands, your wives, you know, uh, they know what it's like to bury a piece of their soul deep in the earth. We understand that. Mark and, uh, and Jackie, I want to tell you, uh, it's always good to see you, but not under these circumstances. So I want to say before I introduce the rest of the folks, is you know, what a lot of people have not been through, what they've been through, don't understand. It takes a lot of courage to come to an event like this. They're absolutely, absolutely determined to make change. It takes a lot of courage to put your face on the front of gun control and anti-Second Amendment legislature. But Mark and Jackie and his son Daniel was the first grader in Sand Hook Elementary School. Daniel loves sports, loves outdoor sports, getting money. I see my friend Fred Gutenberg, his daughter Jamie was a freshman at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. He smelled her hair too. She was an accomplished dancer. I see Brandon Wolf who was a shooting at the, at, the, at the Impulse, at the Pulse Club, nightclub. Let's not forget that the shooter's father was seen supporting, I believe it was Hillary Clinton. He was in the background of her, uh, one of her um, campaign rallies. If, if it wasn't Clinton, it was Obama. But uh, yeah, Impulse Shooter. Thanks for the reminder, Joe. Oh, and let's not forget how many gays armed themselves after you mowed down their people. He survived. But his two best friends died. Greg Jackson, who was just walking down the street when he was caught in the crossfire of a gunfight. And of course, I see a close friend of Jill's and mine, Congresswoman Gabby Gifford, who was here, who was, uh, who was speaking with her constituents in front of a grocery store in her state when she was shot and a member of her staff was killed. You know, uh, they're here, and their pain is immense. And you know what a lot of you, hopefully many of you don't know, is you've gone through a trauma. No matter how much you work to make sure others don't go through it, every time you show up an event like this, it brings back when you got that phone call. It brings back the immediacy of what happened at that moment. So I genuinely mean it. Thank you. Thank you for having the courage, the courage to be here, the courage to continue this fight. Senator Blumenthal understands it. A lot of the folks out here understand it. But it takes real courage, so thank you. To turn pain into purpose and demand that we take the action that gives meaning to the word enough. Enough, enough, enough. 
Because what they want you to know, what they want you to do, is not just listen. Every day in this country, 316 people are shot every single day. Of course, we won't talk about race statistics on that, and we won't talk about um, whether that was accidental, whether that was homicidal, and whether or not you'll die if you uh, are more likely to die if you're getting shot by lightning or falling down the stairs. 106 of them die every day. Our flag was still flying at half-staff for the victims of the horrific murder of eight primarily Asian-American people in Georgia. Okay, guys, and now we remember about... And I'm going to... You know what? Because I don't like this guy. I'm just going to... I am going to just talk and pause him and talk. And I hope you don't mind. I know you don't want to hear him either. Maybe some of y'all do want to hear him. Too bad. All right, so this Asian hate thing is spurred from this gun attack that happened in Georgia. You all know about it. And the media ran crazy with this. And you hear he's still using it as an example. But the thing about it was that whole situation had nothing to do with Asian hate. And it had more to do with uh, a horny, poor, upset, pissed off little boy who wouldn't get his way. And so he basically shot up the pimp and all his, uh, and all of his, um, well, for lack of a better word, prostitutes. Who they reported were actually also being held there um, and, and trafficked to do that. So that's another story, guys, but it was not Asian hate. They're still going to use it, though. When 10 more lives were taken in a mass murder in Colorado, you probably didn't hear it, but between those two incidents, less than one week apart, there were more than 850 additional shootings. 850 that took the lives of more than 250 people and left 500, 500 injured. This okay, so those statistics definitely need to be checked. Um, again, there's no declaration on what kind, of, uh, what kind of death involving the gun that was, again, accidental, homicidal, etc. Uh, no word on it. And um, 850, we all know that when a Democrat is in office, gun violence accelerates. This is an epidemic, for God's sake, and it has to stop. So I'm here to talk about two things. First, the steps we're going to take immediately. And second, the action that needs to be taken going forward to curb the epidemic of gun violence. I asked the Attorney General and his team to identify for me immediate, concrete actions I could take now without having to go through the Congress. And today I'm announcing several initial steps my administration is taking to curb this epidemic of gun violence. Much more need be done, but the first, first, want to rein in the proliferation of so-called ghost guns. These are guns that are homemade, built from a kit and include directions on how to finish the firearm. You can go buy the kit. They have no serial numbers. So when they show up at a crime scene, they can't be traced. And the buyers aren't required to pass a background check to buy the kit, to make the gun. Consequently, anyone, anyone from a criminal to a terrorist can buy this kit as little as 30 minutes put together a weapon. 
This is also a lie. We'll, we'll go into that a little bit later on. Um, half of that kit is traced. The half that is uh, it's the bottom half. Uh, and they can trace that through sales and everything. Um, this, is, this is not what he's saying. The man is lying to you. And, and also, statistically speaking, uh, ghost guns have very, very, if any, involvement in any of the current homicide rates that this man is talking about. None. You know, I want to see these kits treated as firearms under the Gun Control Act, which is going to require that the seller and manufacturers make the key parts with serial numbers and run background checks on the buyers when they walk in to buy that package. The second action we're going to, the second action we're going to take, back in 2000, the year 2000, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms released a report on its investigations of firearms trafficking in America. The report was of pivotal value. It was an important tool for policymakers when I was in the Senate and beyond, at all levels, to stop firearms from being illegally diverted into dangerous hands. Today, with online sales and ghost guns, times and trafficking methods have changed, and we have to adjust we also have to ask the Justice Department to release a new annual report. This report will better help policymakers address firearms trafficking as it is today, not what it was yesterday. The third change, we want to treat pistols modified with stabilizing braces with the seriousness they deserve. A stabilizing brace hook and a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate and a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal, effectively turning it into a short-barreled rifle. That's a lies, lies, lies. Even technically speaking, the alleged shooter in Boulder appears to have done. I want to be clear that these modifications to firearms that make them more lethal should be subject to the National Firearms Act. The National Firearms Act requires that a potential owner pay $200 fee and submit their name and other identifying information to the Justice Department. Unless you're Hunter Biden, because if you're Hunter Biden, you can lie about it, and you don't gotta worry about it either. Okay, I'm done with this guy. There, I mean, there's a little bit more. I, we're not gonna get to his little AFT gaffe. Sorry, guys, I just, I can't stand it. It's already, we're already halfway there, and we got a whole lot more to cover first. So let's go ahead and get into some of the meat of this, guys, because... Um, yeah, we get him off the screen. Get him off the screen. I said, get him off the screen. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, from the daily caller, we already had, uh, some people talking about, no, the daily caller had said in regards to these actions that he was going to release, uh, today, Biden said that his executive actions were not enough. However, and called on Congress to pass a suit of gun control bills, these including banning assault weapons, allowing gun manufacturers to be sued for crimes committed with their products, requiring background checks for purchases at gun shows, which already happens, and reauthorizing Biden's Violence Against Women Act. I didn't have enough time to go into that, but I mean, as far as I know, Biden pretty violently smells those children. So uh, maybe that'll, that'll, you know, kick back on him. But uh, this, this one that I saw here, now this is, like I said, like even CNN's putting out a report that this was not enough. But the, what the other Democrats, progressives, and liberals in Congress are wanting, could you imagine that? 
allowing gun manufacturers to be sued because someone committed a crime with their product. So we're going to have to sue Toyota. We're going to have to sue Chevy. Uh, who else can we sue? Um, oh, what else do you kill people with? How, how else do people die? Um, let's sue Benjamin Franklin, the father of electricity. Or was that Thomas Edison? No, anyways. <laughs> Anyways, guys, like this is that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's like saying that you're going to sue the ocean because you choked on a fish. I don't know. This is just ridiculous. Let's take a look at an article by the Free Beacon uh, where they basically debunked everything that Biden had to say. Um, so from the article, it says Biden falsely described how federal firearm laws work as he called for Congress to amend those laws. Uh, he pushed the Senate to pass H.R. 8, which would ban private gun sales unless done through a licensed dealer by claiming there is a special exemption for sales made at gun shows. Most people don't know you walk into a store and you buy a gun and you have a background check, Biden said in his speech at the White House. But you go to a gun show and you can't, but you can buy whatever you want. No background check. Because it was a lie. So Free Beacon says, most people do not know what the president said because it's not true. Federal law does not regulate gun sales based on where they occur. Instead, it regulates them based on who is involved in the sale. If a licensed gun dealer is selling a gun to a private citizen, the sale must go through a background check. Licensed dealers can and do sell guns at gun shows. So they have a license to do it. There's a background check already. Um... Now, when a private citizen sells his own used firearm to another private citizen inside their own state, federal law does not require a background check to be performed. Private citizens do often sell guns at gun shows, but such sales can be conducted anywhere else as well. Some states go beyond federal law and require all gun sales or even transfers between private citizens to go through a licensed dealer as HR8 would require. So uh, here they're basically looking at what um, uniformity across the board, maybe, is what they're trying to say. In other words, the federal government just wants to control your guns just like they want to control our elections, just like they want to control our lives. All right. Biden also falsely claimed the gun industry is uniquely protected from all liability while advocating for the repeal of the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. He says people don't realize the only industry in America, a billion dollar industry that can't be sued, that are exempt from being sued are gun manufacturers. Whoa, Biden. Whoa, Biden. Whoa. First of all, the gun industry is not the only billion-dollar industry in the United States of America that cannot be sued, that up to this point in time has been exempt from being sued. Yes, people, I am talking about the child and human trafficking industry, which is a billion-dollar industry, and none of these people can be sued. And up to this point in time, especially the ones that are the biggest they seem to be exempt from being sued. So I don't know. Again, here's another lie. I just threw that one in there for the free beacon because it's true. Um, the claim, that claim is also false though. 
Gun manufacturers can be sued and sometimes are sued over claims of negligence. Remington settled a lawsuit over an alleged design flaw with the trigger on its popular Model 700 rifle. And Sigur Sau um, has been sued multiple times over an alleged safety defect with its P320 handgun. The Protection of Law, Commerce, and Arms Act, which Biden hopes to repeal, provides immunity to the industry over lawsuits stemming from the criminal use of guns by third parties. So if someone decides to take it into their own head to criminally use a gun, has nothing to do with the manufacturer's purpose in creating that, um, that self-defense mechanism, they want to sue them. So why can't we sue the pharmaceutical industry for giving us experimental gene therapy that's going to grow COVID in our own systems and leave a COVID protein marker in our cells so that we can catch COVID later on at another time? Why can't we sue them, Biden? I ask you this. Gosh. All right, let's see. Even the limited immunity granted to the gun industry is not unique. Numerous other industries benefit from protections against lawsuits that do not implicate willful misconduct on the part of the company. Again, a gun company does not make guns so that this way they can... Uh, it's not like their their main patrons are, are, are criminals. Their main patrons aren't murderers because after all, those people usually steal their weapons, find their weapons, whatever they do to get their weapons. Somehow they get them black market, whatever. You know, gun makers, that's not where their business comes from. Those are not their patrons. All right. The last one is a lie about Dylan Roof. Um, oh, well, we didn't get to that part in his speech. Uh, so let me go ahead. Uh, he was talking about Dylan Roof claiming a longer than three-day waiting period would have prevented Roof from getting the gun that he used to murder nine people in South Carolina. Biden called on the Senate to pass gun control legislation that has been approved by the Democrat House. He argued on behalf of H.R. 1446, which would extend the amount of time the FBI can delay a gun sale with more misleading information. Biden said the existing three-day limit for conducting a background check allowed Dylan Roof to carry out the 2015 Charleston church shooting lies. What happened? Uh, lies, lies, lies. Okay. So let's see here. All right. So that's some of what they had to say. Um, we also had an article from the Epic times that fact checked Biden's claim about background checks at gun shows. Uh, just a real quick read through on that. It says, uh, according to federal law, commercial sales of guns have to be performed by an individual with a federal firearms license. So you can't go to a gun show and just get it from any Joe blow. You know, they have to be licensed as well. And they then have to perform a mandatory background check of the buyer and a record of sale, regardless of whether the sale occurs at the seller's place of business, a gun show, or elsewhere. Gun sales between private individuals are exempt from these requirements, but it only applies to the residents of a same state. Uh, the law stipulates that the seller can only make the sale if they do not have reasonable cause to believe the buyer is prohibited from uh, owning a firearm under federal law. Meanwhile, some states have laws that prohibit gun sales between a non-dealer and an individual. According to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, a firearms dealer has to get an FFL if they are a person who devotes time, attention, and labor to dealing in firearms as a regular course of trade or business with the principal objective of livelihood and profit through the repetitive purchase and resale of firearms. 
But the ATF adds, such a term shall not include a person who makes occasional sales, exchanges, or purchases of firearms for the enhancement of a personal collection or a hobby, or who sells all or parts of his personal collection of firearms. So that's pretty interesting, too. They have those provisions in there for gun owners already, you know, um, but could you imagine that? Like, they want to have gun registries. They want to dox people with guns. Uh, and I wouldn't surprise me if at some point they try and do a universal firearm licensing type of thing. I mean, we already have what? Uh, you can't open carry. You can't conceal carry. You can't carry without a license. I mean, all of that's for background protections, etc. But um, what about us Mexicans that don't know how to get a license and don't know how to get the DMV and, and we don't know how to use computers? How am I supposed to defend myself or purchase a gun? I mean, if we need a license and a background background check to do it it looks like me and the rest of uh the southern portion of the world <laughs> are sh sh we're out of luck anyways okay so that was some interesting uh, mess there now let's take a little bit of a look at the left fallout because like i said before this is something that the gun people have been pushing for ever and and i really find it interesting that uh, maybe it was interesting that Biden waited this long, right? He's like, at least let me get to, to 45 days to do this. At least let me get to my first 90 days. <laughs> it hasn't even been 90 days, Joe. Anyways, so he's already goofing up. Now, if we can get recalled or fired from a job within 90 days, like, you know, we have that 90 day trial period, like that three month period where we can like, we can do whatever we want. And then, and then the employee can decide if they want to fire us. Maybe that's what's going on with Joe. Maybe President Trump took a step back and he said, you know what? I bet you Joe will mess up in 90 days or less and we can fire him legally. Maybe that's what was going on. Maybe that's why President Trump took a step back. <coughs> Excuse me. Instead of pushing forward with all of this, uh, this junk. So, all right. So uh, from CNN, like I said, now the left, they're not happy. The Democrats, they're not happy. Uh, they're not as mad as Obama was when his gun legislation didn't go through. But this is some of what they're saying. Um, on CNN, they had this to say, President Joe Biden will take his first limited actions on gun control Thursday, uh, directing his administration to tighten restrictions on so-called ghost guns and pistols, stabilizing braces. The steps, which also include nominating a gun control advocate, a gun control freak, to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, fulfill a commitment Biden made in the aftermath of two deadly shootings last month to make to take common sense steps right away to address gun violence. Um, it says here also the announcement will come as the president is expected to nominate David Chipman as the next director of the um, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. But the actions fall short of the sweeping actions Biden promised as a candidate that must be passed, must be passed by Congress. Do you see that? So CNN's pretty pissed off. Um, he fell short of the promises that must be passed including a ban on assault weapons or enacting universal background checks, senior administration officials framed the upcoming announcements as initial steps that would be followed by additional actions later on, including applying pressures on lawmakers to act. So there you go. That was from CNN. Like, they definitely are not happy with the limited measures that this overreach of government is taking upon the sovereign people of the United States of America. Um, 
and and so you could see there's some of that going on now in regards to like everything that joe biden said in his little speech at the castle rock you know white house um uh, there were other people like i said we have these articles i mean just about every article every headline from every um uh, news outlet i read had a debunk on this uh, Castle Rock Grows Garden speech that uh, illegitimate Joe gave. And um, and we even saw it at uh, everyone's favorite uh, Circleback Saki's press conference. Um, and if someone like me can, you know, kind of pick up on this, uh, you know that the uh, you know that the press is definitely going to pick up on this. I kind of like the way that this exchange went. Uh, so let's take a look at Circleback Saki freaking out over being asked about guns. And uh, the press. Oh, there we go. Cool. All right. Let me blow this up for you. It's a short clip. I said a moment ago, quote, you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want. No background check. Is there a special exemption in federal law that he was referring to? Or just do FLA dealers not have to do background checks when they're show? Are you asking me if he was referring? No, it's okay. Were you asking me if he was referring to like a specific circumstance? Or I'm sorry, just tell me a little bit more about your question. I mean, is it the president's belief that you do not have to undergo a background check when you are at a gun show? No, it's not his belief. He believes that gun that background check should be universal. Right. He says no background check. Well, we know what his position is, right? So let me reiterate that, which is that uh, gut background checks are something that should be universal. They're supported by more than 80% of the public. He supported legislation, advocated for that, um, and uh, advocated against loopholes as well. So that's his position, and I appreciate you asking for the clarification. Go ahead. One here. Um, I know the DOJ is working on this regulation, sure. and then we're going to have to wait. Um, but with regards to the stabilizing braces, uh, what's the message to people who, you know, earlier on, uh, before this was an issue, law-abiding folks who, who bought these uh, and who weren't criminals, according to the Congressional Research Service, there's something like 40 million currently in circulation. What should the law-abiding American do as they await that regulation? Should they expect buybacks, or should they be prepared to turn those in, or is this a confiscation situation? I don't think that's what we're suggesting. There's obviously going to be some time to put in place this regulation, as you referred to, and uh, take a close look at the most effective way to do that. And what the effort here uh, is that's underway is to put in place measures that make the country safer and make communities safer. And obviously there are uh, impacts. Uh, we, we, every step that he announced today, we believe would do exactly that. Yeah. All right. I really appreciate the way that little twink questioned her on, and pushed on, uh, pushed back on what he was saying because they want to all play slip of tongue and slip of word and stuff like that. But when you get right down to it, I mean, he did. I mean, you guys heard him himself. He did say that there is no gun regulation at gun shows. So, I mean, they're just they're just calling it out at face value. And why not? I mean, everyone else seems to take the Democrats and the liberals at face value. You know, they say everything is OK at the Freeman Coliseum. No children were molested here. Democrats. Yeah, well, we'll see what the uh, Texas Rangers have to say about that. Um, if you guys aren't sure what I'm talking about, make sure you look up that story or check us out on TikTok. We talk about it there. All right, guys. Actually, let me go ahead and get that up on the screen for you as well. Boop -ba -doo. All right, moving right along, guys. Okay, so we had that exchange between Saki and the Twink. 
Um, so what I went ahead and did is I, I wanted to go ahead and look at some um, statistics. We'll wrap up uh, the show with the, some statistics in regards to guns, firearms in the United States. This comes from Statista. Um, and uh, previously, let me see, I was looking at another one for that. But let me, let me uh, enlarge this on the screen for you guys. Okay, now these are going to be 2019 stats published in February of 2021. Uh, check this guys out. Percentage of households in the United States owning one or more firearms. 42% of American households own one or more firearms. Good job, guys. This is exactly why they will not invade America. This is why they will not pull our guns. This is why they, this is why if say we went to Venezuela and we had an implosion, they couldn't do jack. This is why they want our guns. 42% of American homes own one or more firearms. That's an impressive number. Maybe not as impressive as the Swiss, but it is impressive nonetheless. So good job, America. Make sure you stay well self-defended. Um, over here, we're looking at uh, annual number of total firearm manufacturers in the United States. Nine million. Dang, that's quite a bit. Wow. Uh, but what I wanted to get to was some of these homicide numbers. Okay. Um, I had some pictures earlier, but you know how that goes, guys. So let's see here. We'll expand some statistics. And let me see if I can find that homicide number real quick. Yeah, so I, I really, guys, it's it's just not going to... Uh, this this type of thing, like the, like we were talking about last night on the Q&A Holes Roundtable, like it's not going to fly. And, and Americans will see and, and state legislatures will see what it's like to actually ignore an executive order. Dan Crenshaw in Houston and Pedo Jackson Lee. Yeah, I feel bad for you guys over there. Let's see. Firearm related crime and death injuries. That's uh, 2006 to 2019. I was looking for 2019 specifically. OK, let me pull this one up then. Because that one's just not being happy with me. Uh, okay. Well, it says here... Um, well, actually, I, I did write some of these stats down, too. It always it always comes in handy to, to take some notes. Uh, so in 2019, it uh, looks like we were looking at uh, 10,258. Yeah, that's quite a high number. However... 3.13 homicide, 12.1% firearm-related deaths, uh, whether they were accidental, like say your maybe your um, your uh, safety wasn't working or it jammed and blew up and shot you in the head or something. Uh, another statistic, interestingly enough, 39.6% of these were committed by black Americans, and they won't even tell you that uh, they were committed by other black Americans, mostly. Um, okay, so number of murder victims in the United States in 2019 by used weapon, or weapon used. So we had um, 6,368 6, by handguns, uh, firearms, uh, 3,281 knives, 1,476 other weapons not stated, 840 asphyxiation 92 fire 92 now i had some other statistics here that i i guess i wasn't able to recover let me see if i can pull them up real quick because uh let me those were some good numbers on other causes of death and also things like we were talking about accidental deaths on the show the other night we're talking about deaths by falling uh you know all of those numbers are much higher i believe even death by uh, a lightning strike is more common if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, I don't want to 
shoot that out there so buy weapons firearms come out of this country oh no that was joe biden get him off the screen okay let me find that see i do hours of research before the show just for my computer to shut down <laughs> okay let's see here um san antonio nope i'm gonna find it for you guys before we get off the air uh she gotta be here somewhere Ooh, man, look at all that research. Ah. Okay, here's one that I want to see. Open a new tab, and then states, Texas, Alaska. Okay, let's take a look at this real quick. So this is deaths and mortalities, um, and this is stats also for 2019. Uh, the number one cause of death, heart disease, uh, and cancer. Uh, we're looking at 6,059, uh, 6, Heart disease deaths, uh, 599,601 cancer deaths. Now, you compare that to the stats I just read to you uh, regarding um, those deaths in... <laughs> Where does everything go? Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see here. All right, screw it. Okay, and, and so, like, that, that number is, like, far higher. And now COVID-19... And we can believe this, especially with all of the uh, governors throwing sick people into nursing homes out east, northeast, you know, and California as well, um, that uh, COVID-19 is up there with cancer and heart disease now. Then we have accidents, uh, 173,000. So are we going to make cancer illegal? It sounds like we should because cancer is a really big lethal killer. Uh, influenza and pneumonia, 49,783. And yet we're more up in arms about COVID, right? And, and it has, a, I think it's, its death rate is less, you know? I mean, actually the influenza uh, is lower now since COVID's basically taking its place. But, you know, you know how that goes. Uh, let's see more. That's the 2019. So that's just some of, I have some more stats, guys. I do apologize uh, for the breakdown. But yeah, 3.13% of these gun uh, deaths are by homicide. 3.13% of all of them, 12.1% by accidental or gun related. You know, like when you look at these statistics versus what they're trying to paint the picture for us, they just, they don't, they don't add up at all. And then of course that goes back into the whole question of intent. Uh, that goes back to the whole question of premeditation. That goes back into the whole question of whether or not you think that a gun can kill its, uh, kill someone um, on its own. You know, like vehicular manslaughter. Let us sue Toyota. Let's sue Pinto, right? Like, you know, that's it just it gets conflated. It gets ridiculous after a while. So that was just some of the um, that was some of the uh, stats that I had for you guys. Now, I had wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, Gabrielle Gifford. We got a few minutes left. So Gabrielle Gifford, like she has these whole um, organizations now for gun control. Now, this was a woman who. Uh, in reading her bio, she was a Republican at the start. Then she went to go be a Democrat. Um, some interesting stuff, though, about Gabrielle Gifford, because I'll never forget way back when I was just starting to kind of do some of these um, like video reports. I, I was doing some stories on Tulsi Gabbard because she was uh, she was a hot button back in 2016. People were trying to figure out who she was. I accidentally got her confused. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, I got her confused with Gabrielle, Gabrielle Gifford. And I, I, I made a video called Who Shot Tulsi Gabbard? 
I meant who shot Gabrielle Gifford. And then in the end, maybe it saved her life. Who knows? But like um, Gabrielle Gifford uh, was a Democrat from Arizona. And you guys may remember in 2011 that she was doing a speaking event at a grocery store uh, parking lot when a gunman came out and shot uh, and killed six people, including a judge. And Gabrielle Giffords was shot in the head. Uh, so I was, I remember that actually. I remember seeing that on the news. And I was super curious and going back to know some of Gabrielle's story. Well, Gabrielle ended up becoming a Democrat, working in Arizona, etc. She always had gun control uh, or, you know, gun reformation on her radar. But one thing I found quite interesting though. Um, because this was during Obama's time in office. She got shot in 2011. Um, she and a judge by the name of Judge Roll, uh, Judge Roll was shot and killed during this uh, this assassination attempt on Gabrielle Gifford's life. Um, and you would think that it was over gun. Like when I when I remember thinking about it, I was like, maybe she was a gun rights advocate. Like maybe she was fighting for people to have guns. And then the Democrats shot her, and she ended up becoming a Democrat, and she ended up working on gun reform. You know, uh, but as it turns out, what she was working on that may have been something that was causing some pressure on the Democrats, and certainly on Obama was the fact that she and the judge, Judge Roll, were actually fighting uh, to get help on the southern border. Now, uh, Judge Roll had declared a judicial emergency in the southern border because they had a backlog of, like, some 6,000 cases. Like, they couldn't move the needle forward in uh, illegal immigration, in, um, you know... Uh, going to trial with these people, setting dockets and stuff like that to get these people rolling. Because, I mean, of course, they had catch and release back then. So they were being released into the United States anyways. But because if you guys recall, how many how many judges did President Trump install in the judiciary circuit? I mean, around like he did over 300 judicial appointments. He appointed over 300 judges. Now, Obama and the main question here was why isn't Obama appointing judges? You would think that if you're a Democrat in power, you would want to start appointing all your Democrat henchmen into the judiciary circuits, right? I mean, he didn't do it. Obama did not do it, and then um, you know that left that big gap for President Trump to fill, and he appointed over three hundred. Judges, and uh, Obama had left him 160, 70 spots to fill. Well, this I believe is one of the issues because when we're talking about um, how easy it is for people to get into the United States, they have to go through court systems. You know, you know the spiel, guys, on what that is. But there was a bottleneck happening because there was a lack of judges to move all these cases. Like they were not hiring judges. They were not replacing them. Big gap. So Gabrielle Gifford and Judge Roll um, declared a judicial emergency in Arizona at that time. And shortly thereafter, he was assassinated and she was shot in the head. Um, I've seen videos since and I've seen reports since that kind of put a question on whether or not she was actually shot. I'm not going to get into that. I did see some stuff that would make me question that as well. And then her husband was also um, um, an astronaut. I mean, an astronaut for NASA. I don't know how that plays into it, but we know NASA is now helping the children on the southern border. So that's something to think about. But anyways, I just thought I would bring that little bit of history. I had a 
at a news clip. It took me forever to dig back deep enough to find news clips on Gabrielle Gifford. Um, but now she's she's like one of the leading advocates um, on gun control for the Democrats. They've used her. They also used this whole shooting incident to smear Sarah Palin because they were saying that Sarah Palin, it was her fault that Gabrielle Gifford got shot. Maybe they were just trying to take out one pretty face with another pretty face. But, you know, Sarah Palin came under a lot of fire and a lot of people blamed her for Gabrielle Gifford getting shot in the first place. So that was something that I found quite interesting as well. But that's just a little bit of legislative history there for you guys wrapping up the C report. Um, like uh, we have uh, all of this moving and all of this, like you, you heard Biden himself. He mentioned Gabrielle Gifford in the, uh, in, in his uh, Castle Rock Rose Garden White House uh, press presser today. And also he uh, elbow, elbow bumped her too. So people were kind of cringing at that as well. So she's still, she's still on about, I mean, she recovered. She got shot in the head allegedly and she recovered um, even though uh, Diane Sawyer and her surgical doctor, who was also Bill Clinton's personal doctor, um, were laughing about it on camera, knowing that she was going to survive a shot to the head. Anyways, guys, that is something to think about. You can look that up yourself if you want to. But in the meantime, I really don't think that these executive orders are going to get anywhere in the United States. I, don't, I really believe that the states are going to ignore these. And we're going to see what that looks like. So get out your popcorn. It should be entertaining, I think, to see how the states are going to ignore and then to see how they're going to push it. And we'll see how many people cry over this. Uh, but in the meantime, I think this is just another death warrant to the optical illusion of Joe Biden's presidency. It will come to an end. And who knows? Maybe we'll be celebrating a Trump inauguration on the 4th of July. I could only hope so. That's speculation. But he's still my president. I hope he's still yours, too. All right, guys, this is Mr. C signing out for the C Report. Thanks for joining us. We will be back on Saturday for the Q&A Holes live session. So make sure you come on in. We'll be shooting the breeze with the guys from the crew. And then, of course, uh, C Report will be back on Monday as well as our other programs. Get on Spreaker. Download our episodes there. Uh, that way, because we've been banned on YouTube, Spotify, etc. You can still find us. We're just we're just one of those diamonds in the rough. All right, guys, this is Mr. C signing out. Thanks for joining us. I had a blast today. I apologize for the technical difficulties, but we'll get them worked out. And you guys will have a lot more of Mr. C and the Q&A holes coming at you. Have a good night, guys. We'll see you next time.